Blog Talk Radio. Championship uh, final going coming up, but uh, you know it's the off season. What are we going to talk about? We were sitting here talking about it before the show. Uh, like I said, we got the MLS Cup final just happened, USL Championships coming up. Uh, we've got English Premier League. We've got international break. We've got other things like we've got roster news. We've got the Lobo Women's season. Uh, they just finished up. So we've got some things we're going to talk about. Uh, but you know we we are back. We didn't go anywhere couple weeks, but we are still here. We're still bringing you the news. Um, before we jump into the meat of tonight's show, we do have some housekeeping to get through. First, the song you heard at the top of the show was, of course, Humor Me by the band California Redemption. If you enjoyed that, be sure to check them out on Bandcamp, and that's California with a K. Um, as always, you can be a part of the show. Uh, if you are listening live, you can send your questions into our text line. Our number tonight is 505-226-1648, and we'll get to those later in the show. As always, our show is brought to you by our wonderful sponsors, Roadrunner Law Firm, Dural Motors, and Salt Yard. Stop by the Salt Yard for cornhole, foosball, ping pong, and other games. Whether you're playing a game or watching a game on one of our 55 big screen TVs, you're bound to have a blast. The Salt Yard now has two locations. Of course, there's a Salt Yard East where we do our watch parties for all the New Mexico United Way matches. That is, of course, on Osuna Road uh, on the east side of town. And then the new location, Salt Yard West, is over by Cottonwood Mall. For more information regarding locations, hours, possible menus, and more, you can check them out online at thesaltyardnm.com. Like I said, we're back in the studio. We've been here. I was gone last week. Joining me tonight, we've got Adri. Adri, how have you been? Hi, guys. Uh, happy to be back. Um, it's been a little quiet. I mean, yeah. like you said, everything is it's over. And, I mean, there's still some sports going on, but... Um, you know, like you said, I mean, what are we going to do for the next <laughs> month or two? It's, it's a couple months away. We've got, uh, I, I actually, uh, I mentioned it on the Chris the other night in the text. I, I, you know, I was on a flight back into town the other night, and I've been out of town for work, and I was actually sitting across the aisle from a member of the club. Just oh, out of the blue, I did, you know, I did a double take. Hey, how are you? And, and uh, the person recognized me, and we talked for, for a little while. And... Um, you know, I don't want to give anything away. I don't want to give any names or nothing because I, you know, definitely don't want to respect privacy. But, you know, um, they said that, you know, they're, they're, they're enjoying their offseason, but they were enjoying the offseason, but of course they'd rather be playing. Right. You know, right? And then they, you know, I hear a lot of them are gone, are they're out of town, yeah. um, enjoying their uh, families, they're back home. And I mean, they deserve it. Yeah. No, and they do it. 
great season. You know, you can't fault them for 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 doing that and traveling. And, and uh, I mean, I will say that the the, play, the person I talked to was one of the players that has been announced as returning for next year. And we'll get into all that here in a little bit. You know, we've had 14 players already. I mean, what what do you think? Who? I'm liking it. You liking it? I'm liking it. I'm I'm waiting for couple others so yeah. hopefully you know we get good news but um i like the roster i mean we're familiar with this guys this faces you know it was the first team and we got really attached we got used to seeing those guys out there and i really really like the roster it's, yeah. it's looking good so hoping for for good news yeah and of course we'll get into all that here in a little bit but you know it's always good to get a good first impression um but yeah yeah the player i talked to said you know um kind of gave me an idea of when they might get back to it, you know, probably around mid-February, mid-February. That actually happened to me, too. So, okay. I bump into a few. But, uh, yeah, they also, you know, they also don't want to give up too much. Yeah. No, and it, we don't want to give up. Yeah, it, but, it's been one of those things that we've talked about. The club as a whole, top to bottom, except for Peter, <laughs> has been very tight-lipped about, about all the news. And so, um, it, you know, I, I definitely you know, want to respect yeah, we'll just from. wait to hear from them. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we, we've heard things, you know, here and there uh, from different folks, but definitely don't want to, like, upset anyone. But, you know, like I said, players was on his way back, and, you know, just yeah. – I did have a notice they were watching uh, some uh, some uh, DC Universe stuff on uh, – on Really? Family. Yeah, watching uh, Arrow. I think it was the uh, – the crossover from last season. Okay. So the the crisis on uh, uh, Infinite Earths. So watching some of that, I was like, all right, I, I can dig it, you know. Interesting. <laughs> all right, of course, the, the voice you guys just heard is, of course, Chris Walker. Chris, how you been? Dude, I've been good. Glad to see you guys. Glad to be back in here. Um, you know, it's it's kind of strange. It's our first off season, so you know, trying to make sure that we still bring your content of course you know it's going to be kind of you know few and far between you know when we find out something we'll uh we'll put it together but i'm doing good you know glad to see you guys here with wish miss alicia could be here tonight she couldn't make it um but uh of course you know before we know it the off season will be over and we'll be talking preseason so yeah and, I was, and we've actually tried to sit down and record a couple episodes you know we have had some technical issues you know i know a couple weeks ago he we recorded, but the mic didn't pick up the entire. Something happened. Like we we tested the the mics. We did. We had everything ready to go, and then we lost half of our audio. So unfortunately, you you recorded half the show on your phone, or about thirty you know, half an hour of the, of the show on your phone, and put it out. So uh, you know we're we're definitely trying to bring content. Oh yeah. Well now we're you know um, you know hats off to Josh Carrillo, our uh, long long live the producer. I'm sitting here at the computer. <laughs> running audacity at the same time as blog talk so thank you sir for inspiring me <laughs> josh we, you know we do miss you we wish you were here with us get talking. in here josh uh you know we definitely want to want to get with you again um so yeah i mean it's we, we've definitely tried and it's not for a lack of want or drive or lack of stuff going on i mean usl championship playoffs are rolling right ahead uh for those of you that don't know uh, the final is this weekend, I believe. Sunday. Sunday, and it's on ESPN2, which is awesome. 30. Yeah. Uh, and so that is going to be between the Real Monarchs and the Louisville City. 
So uh, Louisville, of course, de- uh, defeated. Let's see. I think last time we talked about the the quarters had just happened. Um, uh, the, the, sorry, the conference quarterfinals had just happened. Right. So to get here, I mean, uh, Real beat Phoenix 2-1, and then they beat uh, El Paso 2-1 as well after extra time. El Paso, of course, had beaten um, who was it? Sacramento 3-0. Uh, on the other side. Uh, Louisville went on to defeat the Pittsburgh Riverhounds 2-1. Uh, Indy defeated uh, Nashville 1-0. And then, of course, Louisville defeated Indy 3-1. So that's our final. Real and Louisville City, I, you know, I don't know a whole lot about the Eastern Conference. We, we don't get too many chances to watch them. Uh, Louisville is definitely a talented club. Uh, can't wait to see what happens there. And I think, I think for all of us here, Real is probably – the one club none of us would have minded seeing in the final. Uh, I definitely didn't want Phoenix to go. No. I sure as heck didn't want El Paso to go. The couch is wide. Sit down. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, they can they can talk all they want, but they're still at home just like we are. So I, you know, I, and it's it's been a fun season as far as that goes. But I mean, what have you been up to, Seth? I know you've been uh, kicking it over at uh, Dreamstyle, right? Uh, yep, a little bit. Um, so yeah. Um, now that the season is done, uh, I am covering the Lobo men's basketball team, uh, doing uh, some coverage there for ESPN Radio 117, the team. Um, yeah, so match game previews, things like that, uh, checking the news, basically doing a whole lot of following Jeff Grammer and uh, you know uh, some of the other writers that cover the national uh, basketball scene. Uh, yeah, so it, that's been interesting doing that. Um, you know, it, it's a com- it's completely different uh, from what I'm used to doing, you know. Yeah. Um, basketball is always on the on the periphery. Like I know in the past, like UNM's had a good team. I know that you know in ye- years past, Georgia Tech had a good team. You know? So it was always on the periphery. Um, I don't want. I never watched a lot. Uh, usually, like you know, January, February, March is when I watch basketball. And that's when it picks up. And it's typically only college. Like, I, I just, you know, with all the talk of load management and all that kind of nonsense in the NBA, like, I, I just I can't stand watching the NBA. I really can't. <laughs> I, you know, give me the days of Jordan and Pippen. Give me the days of, you know, Shaq and Kobe. I don't, you know, I'm done with LeBron. I'm done with all these guys, you know, you want to make super teams and all this kind of nonsense. All we need is the 93 Bulls, but I think we're about to see it in the USL Cup. The team has gone there, what, five times in their, every time in their existence? That's remarkable. Yeah, that, that's pretty impressive. Louisville. Yeah, Louisville's got a good, good system over there. So, uh, looking forward to that. So, Sunday night, uh, seven, uh, 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time. So, check that out. I believe Tyler Perrins is on the call. Yeah. So, which will be really good to hear him back on a, you know, and, uh, definitely on a national call. Big stage for the USL Championship. Uh, and I think that the I, you know, I'm hoping that we see a, a high-quality production. I'm sure. Well, I'm sure the announcement is going to be top-notch. You know, Tyler Terrence is one of the guys uh, within the USL that does an absolutely phenomenal job week in and week out on the call. And so I, I think he will represent. I think the two clubs in there, you know, Real and uh, Louisville City, will definitely represent the league well. So, I mean, both clubs have done tremendously well. I mean, there's two four seats. You know, it, it's not number one. It's, it's just, just anything can happen. Right, yeah. 
I think that's incredible. I mean, I was listening to uh, USL's podcast, uh, Steal Some Time, yeah. and they were talking about how it's the first time that they haven't had any ones and twos in the cup final. That's strictly just the fours. So, I mean, you know, I guess this is uh, going to be interesting, you know, to say the least. Um, I honestly had – I kind of wasn't really surprised that Louisville City was in it, but it would have been nice to maybe have seen Nashville – um, I just would have liked to have been able to watch their game, but so at this point now we're going to get to see one Eastern Conference team because it's the only time we would get to see them. Yeah, uh, you know, I watched a little Atlanta United too, but they're not. They were not a good side this year, but I, I think that's what two teams should be. They should be developmental academies. They should be developmental clubs. They shouldn't necessarily be competing for championships. That's my opinion. But, I agree. You know. I, I mean, it it is what it is, right? I mean, you think about it, these teams play each other two times during the season, mm-hmm. right? As far as getting to the finals concerned. And then they get to the East they get to the actual finals, like, okay, now you're finally getting some new competition. I think they had to figure out a way to maybe throw in some of those like I wouldn't call them friendlies, but I feel like preseason or somewhere we need to play the Eastern Conference a little bit. Interleague play. Two words yeah. that drive me insane in baseball. <laughs> I'm sorry, that, that, but that's the only. I mean, even the MLS does it. Yeah. You, you get a couple matches every year against teams in the other division. Uh, other other conference, I should say. I think USL could do something like that, but you you got to look at. I think at, right now the schedule is a product of how many clubs are in each division. I think if you had maybe like two fewer clubs in each division. You could still do a two-game schedule within your within the conference, and then play two matches against the other conference, something along those lines. But with the USL and how they want to grow and grow the map, their footprint, I think that's going to make it really hard to do because they seem to be they seem to want to stay right around this, you know, eighteen twenty in each league. Do you think that they'll get to the point of breaking the Western Conference in half? I mean, like go to like a, a four, like a north, south, east, west deal. Or north, yeah, south, like east. You, I mean, if, if whether or not they would do it or not, do you think that it would be maybe something worth looking into in the future as the league continues to expand? I don't know, maybe. I, it's an it's an interesting idea for sure. There aren't many soccer leagues that do that. Most most time you have, I mean, if you look at Premier League, it's just straight top to bottom one table. It, you have to go way down the, the English t- the English pyramid of football to find regions of, of, of clubs. Um, I don't know. I, I think it's something that could be done. Should it? I don't know. I, I think it creates. Um, I, I think you have. I think you could. You risk losing rivalries that way. I also think that it could potentially open you up to say, you know, at twelve or fourteen, depending on the size of the, each division, you know. 12 or 14 division schedule, 12 or 14 match division schedule, and then you play either the other conference or clubs in the other division within your conference. Right. So I don't know. It, it's a possibility, but I, I just I don't see them doing it. <laughs> I I don't know. I I'm not in charge of this. Yeah yeah I mean, yeah. No, I mean you know I mean some friendlies will be good. Yeah. I mean the Mexican league also does it. Yeah, that's true. And during the off season, they have this uh, friendly. They even uh, travel to go, you know, 
play in a different in a different state, different city. Mm-hmm. So um, I think it's a good idea. Just to you know keep them going. Yeah. No, absolutely. And we're, you mentioned we're going to have preseason here before too long. I mean, there. If you look way back at the beginning of this season, there were you know a USL club playing you know, friendlies against you know against co- colleges or against you know even some other clubs. You know, I, I think I think some of you actually played a Liga MX club. Yeah. For a, for mm-hmm. a preseason friendly. I have to go back and look to see who it was. I, think I know. That, I know we played Denver, right? Yeah, we played University of Denver. We played. Um, I think we played like two other colleges as well in our preseason. But I thought I saw that we played El Paso. Did we play El Paso? Yeah, we did. We okay. did. I think that was a closed door like. Yeah, it was. Closed door like uh, scrimmage. So, um, yeah, I mean anything's possible. You know, uh, as far as east versus west in those scenarios, it's probably less likely just to. Try to limit the amount of travel that the players have to deal with. Right. Yeah. Um, until they have to do it, because you don't want to take away from you know that conditioning time. Yeah. I mean, I've seen, I've seen it in other leagues, like in the Premier League. I think it was last year. Uh, Ashley Williams, uh, defender for Everton, came back in the in the training camp after the off season, and he had put on a, a few pounds. You know, it was very <laughs> evident from the photos that were, that were, that were out there. And so I, I just I think that you want to try to control your your situation as much as you possibly can during the preseason to work on that fitness and conditioning and get your players back to work. Because you know, Chris, you told us before the show you were talking to someone who said they were going to go run six miles. Yeah, I was like, okay, great. Like, <laughs> I'm, I, you know, I'm sure that you know, mo- I'm sure that most players have some sort of off-season regimen that they right. follow. Um, in order to try to keep themselves in some sort of shape. But there's a difference in off-season just conditioning and actual, like, match fitness and conditioning for a, a full season. Yeah. Yeah, because you, know, you, know, you don't want these guys coming into in the preseason, you know, 15, 20 extra pounds on them. <laughs> so, because that just kind of throws everything, you know, out for a little bit while you, right. work on, while you focus on getting them back into, into match fitness. All right, so USL Championship again Sunday night, 5:30 p.m. ESPN2. Check it out. Uh, I, I think Louisville City's got this one. Uh, what do you guys think? I think Louisville City is the 93 Bulls. I'm gonna just. <laughs> I think it's right there, three p. That, that's a big, uh, <laughs> that's a big aspiration. You know. I'm gonna go against you too. Oh, yeah, the Oreo. Yeah. Okay, go for it. <laughs> I well, if you, I've heard people say, you know, cheer for your conference, but yeah, since uh, since El Paso and Phoenix aren't in there, then I could bring myself to cheer for Real. <laughs> exactly. But, uh, yeah. I, just, I think Louisville's the, the more talented side. Uh, I, I think they've got. Uh, I think they are actually favorites to to win it. So it'll be interesting to see what happens on Sunday night. So along those lines, I mean, uh, have you been kind of paying attention to any of the players' social media. I know I saw that Freighter was, like, out in Jamaica. Yeah, so uh, you know, we, were ju- we were just about to jump into roster news uh, for the club. So United has had a few announcements. Come out. The most recent one, of course, uh, Kevon Freighter just got a national team call-up for the Reggae Boys. Um, so, yeah, he's going to be potentially starring for, for, the, for Jamaica uh, in the CONCACAF Nations League. Jamaica is pretty much already qualified to, to move on. I, 
I believe I have to look at it. So there's a good chance that he could actually feature for them this week. Uh, I think as a given, yeah, they're top of Group C in in, in, uh, in the Concacaf Nations League. Uh, they just need one point in promotion to so, the A. So. so here's my question for you. So he gets a chance to potentially feature for uh, the national team. Do you think that that gives them a little bit more um, leverage? Yes. Yes? I think it does. I think any time that you get the opportunity to play for your, for your national team, for your national club, I, I think it, it shows that um, you've got a level of talent. Like you're in the top level, 30 players in your nation, give or take. I mean, if you look at this, how big the rosters are, I, I definitely think it gives him – an added thing when it comes to, you know, his contract status for next season. Saying, hey, look, you know, they thought, you know, I mean, we've all seen Kevon's stats. Right. You know, we know how well he did this year. He led the led the club in goals. We saw the highlight reel. Have you seen it? Yeah, I've seen it. Uh, led the club in yellow cards too. But I think <laughs> his. Um, Just keep it I real. think his performance huh. though was good enough because we talked about early in the season. Remember what we talked? Why didn't Kevon get one? Yeah. You know, I think this shows that he does have that level of talent to play at an international level, and I think that it does give him a, a little bit of pull when it comes to his contract negotiations. So I don't know. I, 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 that's what I think. Whether or not the club, I'm sure, you know, Troy and Peter feel like you know, he deserves the recognition for the season that he had, and yeah, the national call for him is just tremendous. So. Yeah, I, I, I think it gives him a little bit of pull. How much, I don't know. Um, but it is something that you look, I got called up. You know, they think I'm good enough for this. Maybe you know, I had a little bit more pay on that on the other end. So. Let's talk rosters, though, right? So 14 players have signed. Um, right, we have four that are still on the fence, as they say. Yep, we got four. So... Um, so initially, the club put out uh, 13 players have been re-signed for next season. Four have been released. Uh, so the first real indication that we got was, um, was of course, uh, Tony Soler put out that he was not returning to the club next season. We knew that. Um, we, we talked about that on the last show that we were here for. Um, returning, I'm trying to pull up the information here real quick so I make sure I have all the names. Uh, let's see. Justin Schnitt, Rashid Tete, Austin Yearwood, Josh Sugg, Juan Pablo, uh, Sam, David, Cody, Ben, uh, let's see, who else? Uh, uh, Devin, Bees. Um, why is this going so slow? But, yeah, so we had 13 initially that were initially announced uh, that were, they were returning for next season. Um, and then, yeah, I, mentioned, I think I mentioned Sully. So the, uh, yeah, those are the guys that were initially announced. Brian is coming back as well. Um, so they, those guys are all initially announced. Uh, and we know that Kenny's not coming back. We know that um, Ethan is not coming Ethan's back. not. Tony and Tommy Madden are not coming back for next season. Um, then the, the club came out and they teased a, a, a roster update announcement. <laughs> Wait, let's not jump into it yet. Let me ask you this. When you saw the silhouette, Mm-hmm. Was did you have any other? Did you think it was anyone else other than Brucey? No, no. And what what gave it away for you for that silhouette? 
I just kind of had a feeling it was Brucey. I mean, you know, he, he's made such an impact on the club. Uh, he's talked about how much he enjoys playing here. And, you know, you heard it from multiple guys on the club and Troy just singing his praises all year long about the effort that he put in, you know, every, every day on the pitch. Uh, you know, I, I don't think there was ever a doubt that Brucey was coming back. I really thought that that was him. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. Hey. Ringtone. <laughs> I, I really thought that that was him strictly based on the graphic. But mm-hmm. Like, I was like, okay, this just looks like Brucey's run. This doesn't <laughs> look like Freighter. This doesn't look like Santi. Yeah, it, just, it didn't. You know, and then, and then I think the indicator was when, uh, when Liz from the club was kind of like throwing the shrugs. On, on a comment that I made on Instagram, and I was like, nah, dude, it's it's totally Brucey. Like, they kind of, yeah. I will say this, I was a little shook in my prediction when I saw a freighter highlight video drop out about 20 minutes before <laughs> the announcement. Yeah. I was like, okay, it could be freighter. Honestly, now. it did not look like freighter, just the hair. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, honestly, I didn't put too much into the silhouette whatsoever, but I just, I had kind of had a feeling that it was Brucey coming back. Um, and I, I for one, I'm super excited to see what he can do uh, next season. Uh, I, I think that he's, I think we're going to see him feature more next season. Uh, he'll, most likely he's going to get more starts. Um, you know, we saw what he could do in, in the limited opportunities that he got. Um, so, yeah, I, I think I was super stoked for this one. Um, I mean, the only down, the one downside to this announcement is, you know, I saw a lot of people on social media saying, oh, well, we thought it would be something bigger than that. I'm I saw like, that. What, okay, you've got a guy who came in as a rookie and made an impact. And, you know, it, I, I know folks are in the press room like we are, but, right. you know, we've talked about know, how much, how often the people, how much, how often the guys in the club talked about Brucey. Do you think that happened because um, they just announced the 13 just you know like on a normal day and mm-hmm. then they kind of made a bigger fuss about one other player and maybe they thought that's why they thought maybe it maybe he'll have because to be like, if they would have been the same for each one of them like okay each day I'm working on announce one yeah. and make a big fuss and people will be like expecting this kind of news but because it was okay there's 13 and then they made you know, yeah. there's like a bigger news. People were expecting something, something more. Maybe, but not not towards the player. I don't think. No, I don't think it has anything to do with. I'm gonna say I think they're still working off of the expiration of the contracts because I want to say when I looked on transfer market, November 30th. Freighters is like somewhere into December though, from last year, and so they're they're working off of each of them somehow. I don't think they because they, I know that they were announced in stages the way they were. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess my question added on to Adri's is like maybe we're expecting the club to kind of create a little suspense or kind of drag it out a little bit because they just announced like 13 of the 18. And then all of a sudden they're giving us Bruce and it's like, just go ahead and give us the other, like, you know, the other four that we're waiting on. And either let's get it on. Like, it's just clubs, different clubs are different, right? I mean, like, I was looking on the internet today for Matt Madison, the USL One Club. 
they had a dude go out into the snow, right? Their stadium was full of snow. He went out into the snow and he basically shoveled the dude's name who was returning back to the team. Oh, wow. And I'm like, that's epic. You know what I mean? We don't obviously have a stadium full of snow to go do something with a drone, but... (laughs) But you the, think they could have done something more creative with each one of them? I would honestly think something like that. I mean, what's yeah. your take on it? Well, I think there's a big difference in uh, I, every. You know, I saw a lot of comments that say marketing department in a market, and yes, and that's what they're doing. You know, they're, they're, and I think there will be staggered announcements, especially at, if some of these guys continue to sign. Um, you know, Santi or Kevin, you know, Manny. If these guys do resign, we're going to see. Staggering. I mean, they're not going to drop, especially those guys, they're not going to drop them all at once. There's no way. You know, the last two. Who do you think the last two are? Come on. Come on. The last two that they would announce in the sequence. If everyone resigns, Santi and Kevon. Yes. Those are the last two. I guess I'm just thinking this like, okay, you signed Daniel Bruce back. Why wasn't like I mean, and we've seen that the club is creative. They had Snaggy out there trying out as goalkeeper, trying out as the graphic design. I mean, like you see that they have the time. I'm surprised that they didn't have Troy sitting down at a coffee and tea place, right? And then like all you see is Troy's face, and then you see the back of this other dude's head, and then he's like pulls up his tea, and he's like, "I'll have another," and like just something a little <laughs> bit more. Staged out, like you know, club. If you listen to this, I mean, the club was trying to do different things, especially when we had initial signings. I think with a player re-signing, it's a little bit different. It's not like you're bringing someone new in. You know, announce. You know, if you've ever seen, I'm sure you've seen the different like announce videos at like EPL clubs. Yeah, yeah. You know, they do different things. Like you know, Everton does a whole bunch of that, and I'm sure other clubs do that as well. Um, They make a big deal of a new player coming in. It's not the same feeling as a player re-signing for another season. So I think them doing it the way they are, it's just a matter of keeping interest throughout the off-season. Because I don't even think that we even had anything like that when they first got introduced. Like, we didn't really know who these players really were. Well, no, we didn't have anything like that, but they had different – they had a little, like, infographics that came up. Yeah. And, you know, just uh, and, like, the silhouettes and then the player names and the background. But, so that's just what the club did for, for that. Now, they probably could have done any number of different things, but that's what they wanted to do. And so every player, when they signed, did get you know, individualized attention. I think the bigger deal with, like, Brucey and these other guys is that you've got Brucey and Santi taking up international you know, taking up international spots. You know, and those are big deals. Like, I mean, we all saw just how big of a fan – Base and Brucey gained while he was here. How, you know the fan the fan bases for Santi and Kevin. So it's definitely a marketing thing the way that they're doing it. Uh, and that's not to say that B and Devin and those guys don't deserve it. You know, no, everyone in the club deserves something like that. But I think they have they probably had those contracts done and signed for next season before the season was even done. Seth Seth is pardoning them, but I honestly do think that when you got Santi. Or you get you got Kevon. They have got to go cinematic on those introductions. <laughs> we got to get some Toro or some like Jamaican spice footwork. We got we got to have something, man, because they're just not ordinary guys. None of these guys are ordinary to where we couldn't 
kind of, you know, just Get boost their ego up a little yeah. bit. You know? Oh, yeah, no, I mean, none of them, you know, like I said, they all deserve to be you know, and, and maybe they do it. I mean, who knows? Who knows? So, so we, still got, uh, we still got, what, four more guys, right? Let's see what they do with it. Yeah, I think we've got, what is it, uh, Javon, Santi, uh, who else? Matthew, Padilla, Goss. Padilla and Goss, that's right. right. Um, Josh, I don't know. We know he had a season-ending injury. Uh, I, I, I think if he comes back, he's got he could contend for a spot in the, in, in the eleven every week. Uh, Manny, of course, you know if he comes back, he's uh, I mean no one's guaranteed match time, but Manny would definitely factor in to the the match by match team sheet. And of course, Santi and Kevon all but assured that they're you know, number one's uh, first choices in the team sheet. As long as they're healthy. Hey, um, word on the street, man, is our, our man of the hour, our mystery man, no longer has that leg injury. Yeah? Oh, yeah. He's, right. he's well, good to go now. No, that'd be, it'd be definitely be good, you know, to see if Josh can uh, make a comeback next season. So um, so I pulled up transfer market while we were talking, and uh, they still list uh, – they haven't updated the contracts for, for all the re-signed players yet. Bruce, he's updated – um, but Kevon is still listed as November 30th. Oh, it is November 30th. Okay. Um, so that's why I wonder if they're, if it's still staged out that far. He's got till that time. Maybe. Yeah. I, like I said, it's, I'm sure that they're, they're in negotiations with these guys. Um, and they're talking to them regularly, trying to figure out what it is that they want to do. So, um, just kind of wait and see what happens if they come back. So, so do you have, I, I wonder this, like, have you thought about where guys could potentially go if they didn't come back? Just to kind of give it a little little imagination? Kind of, but I mean, it, it's hard to say, really. Um, I mean, guys like Santi uh, and Kevon, I could possibly see them getting a shot with an MLS club. Uh, maybe, you know, like a, yeah, like a tier two English Kind of, or like a not Serie A, Serie B, you know, something like that. But is there um, any other championship team that you could potentially championship see? team? I don't know. Um, I could see Phoenix possibly luring Santi out there. I mean, Phoenix, of course, they just press statement here. They brought back a ton of players. Yeah, they brought back the so, core. Yeah, they brought back Adam John. They brought back Solomon Asante. They brought back pretty much. Everybody. They wasted no um, time whatsoever. But they, I mean. But well, you're talking about how bad our announcements were. How bad? How bad was that announcement? Here's a here's a black and white piece of paper <laughs> with the players that are returning. Like, I mean, on. yeah, and the, golden boot leader. Yeah. You've got another guy who's like third in the golden boot race. Black and white official press statement. Like nothing. Yeah. The, least we put on infographics saying, "Hey, who's coming back?" Yeah, I, I give I give you that. I mean, Phoenix man, they with a great remarkable season. They didn't really give you much on the marketing. I think when you go to their Instagram, you see like a tile of all the players. But um, there was actually a good amount of people that didn't come back for them. And there's some guys. I mean, I'm kind of thinking about that Ben Spencer guy. He's you know he's from here. You know he might be someone who possibly. Yeah, you know, how you know if you're Phoenix? Let me ask you this. If you're Phoenix right now, you, you lost in the conference semifinals. Ooh. And then you get then Don Garber, MLS commissioner, puts out a statement saying that Charlotte is ahead of Phoenix or anywhere else for a possible MLS expansion. How are you feeling if you're 
Phoenix Rising or a Phoenix Rising supporter right now. Ugh. You've got one of the you've just had a historic run through the league this season. You've been one of the most consistent clubs in the Western Conference for the past few seasons, and you're being told, "No, we're not even thinking about you right now." I mean, look, the, okay, half off for them. They did again without Didier Drogba, but they didn't get as far without Drogba. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> they had a team come into their house twice within a month and beat them. Yeah. You know, and I mean, if you're Phoenix, it's like, you know, I know, you know, you, you guys didn't beat New Mexico and we, you know, I mean, it, we could pounce on that all day long, but I mean, like you guys did have a great season and, you know, obviously you guys did travel for your team, you know, but I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, you're sitting next to us on the couch. So, I mean, <laughs> All right, so yeah. let's keep going with United. With United let's keep it going, and, and for sure. Yeah. So a, a news article came out from KRQE this week. Uh, apparently the city council uh, or the city committee uh, is in talks about a new soccer stadium here in the downtown area. Now, it's been talked about a lot this season. Are we going to get a new stadium? Where is it going to go? What are we going to do? How is it going to be taken care of? Peter wants it. The fans want it. The club needs a home so that we don't go two months on a match here. Um, but this is the first, I think this is the first time that actual city representatives have come out and actually said, we support the idea of a soccer-specific stadium here in town. Now, looking at this, they're looking at different ways. And Liz put out a quote saying it's, uh, it's within their scope, within their plans. We're looking into it now. We definitely hope to have it in the next five years. Now, that, of course, does bring about some concern about this whole three-year thing with the USL Championship right, right. we talked about before. Now, I, I think U.S., you know, because it's all happened with Fresno, they could secure a stadium. Does this concern you at all that there's the club is saying within five years? Or do you think USL is just like, okay, like, we get it. You've got plans. Even if, so let's say the club finds a location. We get it scouted, get it approved, but it takes until 2021, 2022 to get it built. Do you think the USL comes in and says, sorry, you don't have a stadium within three years? You're out? I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't think that you're going to get that from them um, because lo and behold, there's always going to be another loophole. Um, do we stay in isotopes for five years? I don't know. I mean, I don't, we can't really, can we occupy the complex and turn it into like another pop-up stadium and put another, you know, additional, you know, was it another additional thousand seats on the place? Kind of like we did with Carter city. Mm -hmm. Is that something we can do? Is that, it's not even regulation size, right? Yeah, no, it's, so, yeah, based on the dimensions of Isotopes Park, it's not – the pitch is not where USOC would want it for the Open Cup. So we would we still would not be able to host an Open Cup match. We, we need a bigger facility or do it have a redesign done at Isotopes Park, but that's not something the club can decide. It does concern me. I okay. really do think that it is going to be a factor if it's not done. Within certain amount of years, the team can disappear. I don't know. It can, like you said, we can't even host a, you know, a big match. So, and and then I was reading also about the Isotopes uh, having more weekend games program for schedule 2020. I was looking for the schedule. I couldn't find it. But if that's the case, 
and they're having more matches at home on the weekend, where does that where does that leave us? We're not going to have the turn. I mean, we have great turnout. Part of it, why is working? Why yeah. is working out? Is because of the turnout every weekend at home home games. I think if we don't have that, then where does that? We don't have a stadium, and we don't have the the fan base. Then where does that leave us? You know, she she kind of touches on something interesting, Seth. Uh, you might this might have might have popped up in your mind too, but. Isotopes did release their 2020 schedule, and so that would give us some sort of indication as to like what our schedule would look like uh, for this next year, based on based on their home games. I'm thinking a would, lot of week. I don't think. Games. Well, but we're gonna have the same amount of away games. It's gonna it's always split down the middle. Yeah. But it's just about does the season begin again with a ton of away games like it did. Or does it is it flip flop this year? Because I mean, Isotope's schedule should change too. Like they're not going to play the same road and away schedule every year. Isotope's released 2020 schedule 34 home weekend games. It's the most they've had in 12 seasons. Um, so that's just the first thing that pops up. Okay, let me see um, if it's actually like downloadable or something I can look at real quick. Um, I think they do have to rush the the stadium. It's entirely possible. Uh, let's see. Uh, the home slate of features 78 isotopes for the opening night. Um, the season will open as the mariachis. So um, let's see. They do have six mariachi games. Um, other highlights of the home schedule include 34 weekend dates. The home games on Mother's Day, Father's Day, Independence Day, and Labor Day. Oh, we got Cinco de Mayo again. Well, we were on, we were on the <laughs> so road that's for not a weekend, probably. Well, we were on the road for, road for Mother's Day, but I guess we all we could really do is compare the, the schedule from last year this year to see, you know, are a good amount of their home games or home matches like you know at the top of the season as as so. Yeah. And I guess a few things could happen. Yeah, they they're, we're probably going to have more week games, or they're probably going to up the amount of away games. Do you think? Uh, I mean, I, I still think that it's even down the middle. I just, you know, obviously we were to the mercy of the isotope schedule for what we could, you know, what we could do being home and away this year. But, I mean, and I guess we still kind of are, right? Because as long as we're in their house, it's still kind of pending on. Yeah, I saw somebody say, well, off. good for them, good for the isotopes, but yeah. not good for us. And I said, well, after all, it was isotopes. It's been nice. I found the 2020 schedule. So let's Did you? Okay. Yeah. Good. I couldn't find it. I yeah, I found it. So if you, you go to abqisoaps.com, they do have the 2020 schedule up. Um, let's see. Let me figure out what. So, all right, home. So they are home um, weekend of April 17th. They are home see, weekend of weekend before Cinco de Mayo. Okay. So May. April 29th through May 3rd. So, so Wednesday through Sunday. Um, they are home uh, May 10th through the 15th. That's a Sunday through through a Friday. And then, well, and then turnout time is what, 24 hours to get the field pitch ready? Yeah. So you could potentially play that weekend here. Uh, but you also, it's a, it's an open weekend basically. April 11th, April 25th, um, 
You could do a midweek May 6th through Cinco de Mayo. Uh, maybe even on, on the 5th, that would be a Tuesday night. It's a little, a little unorthodox for USL, but it right. could happen. Uh, given the turnaround time, you could see a match May 16th, 17th. By the 17th in there. Um, May 23rd, 24th, Memorial Day weekend. Uh, let's see. Possibly on like June 1st. But it's like they were away for, I suppose they're home for four, away for three, back for five. Right. It's a maybe. It makes you wonder ultimately, like, is the season going to look the same? I mean, I don't think so. Did you like having all the away matches no. front loaded like no. that? I mean, no, because of the fact you got so many, you had basically a two month stretch where the club wasn't home at all. This season, the way that the isotope schedule is working out, there's looks like at least two weekends every month where United could be at home. And for the most part, it's like every other weekend. So home away, home away, home. That would be spread out evenly and nicely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, there's a few, there's a few instances where it doesn't work out that way, but I think that we're, I don't think we're going to see a two month stretch again where they're not going to be here. We just have to wait and see if the schedule comes yeah, up. That is a game USL. changer. Yeah, I, I definitely think yeah. that. I kind of think that the MILB kind of saw knows the situation that's going on here. You know, that since Iceland Park was now home to two teams, and maybe they worked with them. Maybe I don't know. I, I don't know how how MILB handles things like that, but this the way the schedule looks, it definitely looks more friendly. For United. Well, you know, I mean, look at the way El Paso, uh, Locomotive, and the Chihuahuas operate. I mean, they're in the same stadium. I believe that they're owned by the same, well, I don't know if they're owned by the same management. I want to say I think so, but it's that uh, Mountain Star Group or whatever they call themselves mm-hmm. that they they operate out of out of the, uh, the same stadium. Yeah. But uh, I think that they're figuring it out, I'm sure. Yeah, it's not it's entirely possible. I mean, you know, was, I mean, looking back at this news article, um, the the city has been so there's a meeting next Thursday night at the Roundhouse up in Santa Fe uh, to discuss it. Um, so, you know, we all know that the city did a feasibility study for 10,000 feet soccer stadium, and a representative, uh, where's his name? Representative Antonio Maestas said that, this, that they are looking at a 15,000-seat stadium that could be upgraded to 18,000 for around the cost of $100 million. That's what they're kind of looking at. Um, now, to help with all of this, they're looking at tapping the money that the, that the state brought in from the oil drill, from the from oil this year, because the state had a big boom in oil. Um, so uh, there's definitely ways that the city can help pay for it, so it wouldn't necessarily be 100% on the club. Right. And I think it's, I think it's a great idea. You know, they brought in a sports consultant, um, said that new stadium ideally be downtown. Same guy that got to through their stadium uh, over there. And I mean, United outdrew an MLS club. Did you realize this? Yeah. Yeah. United outdrew the Chicago Fire, and we nearly outdrew both Colorado and FC Dallas. See, I think it's incredible. I think we just have to sit back and enjoy the fruits of what the club is bringing in. 
not get hasty about things like turning MLS. Like, that could stay far away as far as I'm concerned. Oh, yeah, no, I, I don't see us going MLS at any point, anytime soon. Yeah, there's no reason. That's, yeah, no reason to. Let them, let them do what they're doing. And, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, you know, I don't even know if Austin can handle two clubs. We're about to see, ultimately, like, what's going to happen to these clubs, right, ultimately. I mean, will yeah. Sacramento survive, or will they do, or will they pull an FC Cincinnati? Yeah. You know, who knows? I mean, maybe it just means you only need pro-rel in the U.S. soccer, but, <laughs> <laughs> you know, survival of the fittest, I don't know. I really do hope that uh, they do something between the USL Championship and USL 1 as far as a little pro-rel. I think they need to. Yeah, I, I think it's coming at some point. Once they stabilize the two leagues and get you know, a, a solid group of clubs, it's going to stay. Um, so, one more bit of United news before we move on. So, you sent me a screenshot the other day. Man, I almost don't remember now. Sergio Rivas, former, former soul player. Oh, yes. Apparently is in town or coming back to town. We have a big announcement. I honestly, so, okay. I want to think that we're still trying to pull players in, right? I think I saw you follow him on Twitter. I did. Like the other morning. I was like, what, what, what is he doing? And I, and the curse followed him right away too. Um, well, Cynthia Nispa has followed him for some time. Yeah. Of course, because, you know, they're the other big soul supporter group. So. He had an announcement today. I don't know if this is that announcement or just a series of big announcements, but, mm-hmm. you know, he was – announcing that he was partnering with the Paleta Bar um, and that, that, you know, what they were doing is they're creating the, uh, the Sergio Paleta, uh, which is a, a mango uh, Paleta. <laughs> I'm, I'm being coached to say it correctly. And uh, with, with Tahin and uh, yeah, there you go. There's my expert here. And so, uh, and so essentially just the dollar of proceeds from each one goes to, Donating to the New Mexican uh, New Mexico uh, Immigration uh, Law Center, and so essentially, um, you know, he's really using his story as you know being someone who you know has yet to, as he put it in his words, have his papers, but yet he's still living out his dreams. He's still, you know, going to college, you know, playing soccer over at Seattle University. You know, he's playing. Obviously, he well, he had done that, and then he is obviously got drafted by the Earthquakes, and he's playing at Reno. But, of course, you know, there is a halt on being able to play MLS until he is, you know, full citizen. And so that's kind of out there. But um, so that's like an announcement that he put out there today. I mean, I, I definitely, you know, you know, want to give a shout-out to Sergio Rivas for coming home and trying to do something big in the community like that. And You know, but I still want to know, in addition to that, you know, could there be – some other big announcement, you know, does he want to put on the yellow and black and be professional here Maybe. in New Mexico? I, we can only say, you know, Sergio's returning. I mean, I think we are United is in search of a midfielder. I mean, Tony's no longer with the club. He knows some people who are yeah. on the club. I mean, he are, he's, he's friends with them, right? So, so I mean, that, that's out there, you know, who knows that might happen, you know, it may not, but it's fun to think about, you know, like a local guy who's played locally, coming back and playing for the club here. Um, I mean, I would like to see Aaron Herrera hang it up at RSL one day and decide he wants to come and play for United just, you know, towards the end of his career. He wants a lot of time to come here. 
nope, I don't want him to come here. <laughs> no, but hey, but you know, if he offered, would I say no? No, of course not. I would be like all about it. All right. So I think that's going to wrap it up for our United News. I haven't seen too much else from the club this week. Um, no more like cryptic announcements or anything, but um, yeah, I mean, we're going to keep following stuff, and as soon as we get it, we will, of course, bring it. Um, maybe we can get Wait, it. there is stuff we could talk about. So did you watch the extended part of Troy's interview on uh, the opening drive? No, I didn't. So he was on there, and they were asking him if he was going to inflate the roster, and he said, you know, he'd still keep it oh, yeah. as 22-23. And, you know, because he still values that sort of cohesion. But, yeah. you know, but the thing I brought up to you the other day is that, remember, they have seven international spots on their team, five for the Open Cup. They're currently only occupying four. Right. So that means that somewhere, someone's country is going to get hit up. Did you have that opportunity to speak with Troy? Did you have that interview with him? I've had some questions answered. Yes. But I mean, you still got guys you know, that aren't resigned yet. So you got Kavan, you got Santi. If those guys do resign, that's going to take up the spots. So that, and there may not necessarily be another international brought in. Right. So. Yeah, I, I wonder. No, he he didn't answer those for me directly. But I've had some questions answered just through source information. All right. Well, you know what? Let's uh, we've been going for a while. Let's take a quick break, and we'll come back. We'll talk some MLS, talk some Premier League, and we will we'll keep going. So we'll be right back after these words from Doral Motors. Motors is dedicated to providing the ultimate automobile buying experience. Dural Motors is your number one source for buying quality pre-owned vehicles. In addition, we offer a full array of financing options to meet your needs. Visit Dural Motors today at 6701 Lomas Boulevard, Northeast in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Or make the phone call to 505-907-9549. Or visit Dural Motors online at DuralMotorsNM.com. Check the uh, Roadrunner Law Firm text line and uh, let's see what we got here. If not, we, we got yeah, things that we talking about right here. Um, we got any no, no questions from no. the Roadrunner Law Firm. Text all right. Line. So, Egan, guys, if you listen, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, we've been talking to all of our all of folks who have been texting us throughout the season. You guys can always reach out to us uh, across social media. Uh, any questions you might have. Um, we got one question on 
on uh, Facebook, actually. Okay. From the uh, United Nations. Uh, we've got a question from Rachel Johnson. You know, it's the mother of Little Miss. Uh, she says, who are your picks for the players still in discussions about resigning? Who do you think is coming back? Um, honestly, of the guys that are left, um, I think Manny and probably Santi. To me, those are the two most likely to return. Um, I mean, obviously, I'd love to see Josh come back and get a shot. Um, Andrew definitely hurt. But yeah, I think Manny and, and Santi are the two most likely to return. Uh, I say Santi, but I don't know about anybody else. It's just Santi in my mind right now. That's it. Uh, you know, I I think honestly, I think I think Manny comes back, and I think Kavon comes back. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. I mean, you know, we got you know we got different ideas. So it'll be next few weeks and months will be interesting to see what happens. Speaking of guys, I want to give a shout out to Manny for um, the raffle that was going on. Yeah. I, I thought it was a really nice, special um, thought and gift for those kiddos that needed uh, some cleats. And I want to give a shout-out to Manny for thinking about those kids and bringing smiles. And, yeah, know, that's, that's really awesome. He put I up a raffle for, for his jerseys, and it was very successful. He got us some money for, for those cleats. So. Cool. I never saw that. It was very thoughtful of him. That's really cool that he did that. I know the, the entire club has been tremendous in the community. But yeah, they have Manny, been very, very involved. Manny doing that was just you know, above and beyond anything. Just the other day, too, um, Rashid Tete went to the AYSO tournament, too, and um, got involved there with the community. And I keep seeing a lot of posts about, you know, all, everyone just coming around to, def, you know, different activities. Yeah around town. So I guess shout out to everyone for, for doing that. And still, even though they're off and they can use their time, you know, doing whatever else, they still come around and they still hang out with their friends. And so just big, big shout out to all of them. Very cool. Um, so yeah, let's keep moving right along. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this one, but the Ottawa Fury shutting, shutting down operations. Um, yeah, the, uh, the group that owns them tried to get a multi-year sanctioning application to Canadian to Canadian soccer um, so that they could play in a U in a U.S. league. Uh, apparently, there's like a whole bunch of like special stuff they have to deal with. Um, U.S. soccer, Concacaf, um, and Canada soccer all have to like approve them playing in the United States or something like that. It's, it's just kind of a messy situation. I hate but, that. Yeah, wouldn't you move the team? Yeah, they're talking about moving the team now, and it's just unreal that it's taken it's taken this turn, you know, for a club that I think did pretty well this season. Look at the shakeup that's happening right now. I mean, you got Fresno, you got um, who else? Fresno. You had the big club Lansing and USL one. You have now this team Ottawa. I mean, geez, like you know, that's. I guess that just kind of shows you like different paths that that your team can kind of head down. Yeah, I mean, for everyone that that's part of Ottawa Fury, you know, that, that players, the the club, like we, I, I can, I sincerely hope that all that gets straightened out and 
failed to resume operations uh, up there. You hate to see that happen you know, for any club. I couldn't, ima- I couldn't imagine it happening for us, but yeah. I mean, history, you know, the Gecko's out of team and that happened to them. Yeah. It's just crazy things that can happen in sports. Um, uh, you know, real quick, MLS news. Uh, MLS uh, Cup final happened the other night. Uh, Seattle defeated Toronto FC 3 1. Uh, broadcast on ABC, which is kind of odd. Um, you know, it's great that it got national uh, national broadcast. Um, but yeah, I just know how like ABC is kind of a weird place for it to be. Do you think the ratings were affected slightly because it was on ABC versus like an authentic channel? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. It's just like it's just kind of a weird spot for that to go. Um, I know it probably has probably had to do with like, the broadcast rights and ESPN and all that. And ESPN decided to put it on ABC, but yeah, I don't know. Uh, congratulations to Seattle. Great season for them. Uh, again, three-one. So, up, what's next for MLS clubs? Uh, those that have qualified, the Concacaf, uh, or sorry, the Scotia Bank Ch- Champions League, whatever it's called now. Yeah. Concacaf, Scotia Bank Concacaf Champions League is next for for those clubs that have already uh, qualified. We talked uh, we, that part of the episode last week got eaten or two weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. So, um, Atlanta yeah, United's in there, right? Atlanta United, uh, Seattle, uh, I believe it's uh, LAFC, um, LA Galaxy, and Toronto. I'd have to double check on. All of that, but uh, to the clubs that are going to the CONCACAF Champions League, best of luck to them. Hopefully, you know, uh, an MLS Cup walk away with the with, with hardware from that this year. It'd be, it'd be good to see. Um, so yeah, there's that. MLS is now in the off season. Um, Premier League on international break once again. <laughs> it feels like they just got off an international break. It feels like it. Yeah, like that, that's the one thing that bugs me about, about international football is that they have all the breaks. Like, I get it, you know, go and have, and we'll talk about the U.S. men's national team here a little bit. Uh, you know, they've got qualifying for different leagues, and sorry, next year we'll see World Cup qualifying. Um, so I get it. I get why they have them. But, you know, it, it, it's just when you think clubs are getting into a rhythm, all of a sudden you get this break for like two weeks or a week <laughs> and a half or something. I think it just kind of throws everything up off. Um, but, you know, we, since the last time we talked, we've, gone, we've had two weeks um, of Premier League action. But I'll just recap the, the past weekend real quick. Uh, on Friday, Norwich lost to Watford 2-0. Chelsea, uh, after another goal from Christian Pulisic, uh, defeated Crystal Palace 2-0. Uh, Burnley 3-0 over West Ham United. Newcastle defeated Bournemouth 2-1. Everton defeated Southampton 2-1. Uh, Tottenham and Sheffield United drew 1-1. Uh, Leicester uh, clean-sheeted Arsenal 2-0. Uh, and let's see, Sunday on the 10th, Manchester United defeated Brighton 3-1. Wolverhampton defeated Aston Villa 2-1. And Liverpool defeated Manchester City 3-1. Um, so, yeah, that's just a brief rundown of what happened this past weekend in the Premier League. Um, I mean, there's been a lot. We didn't get to talk about, you know, um, what, what's been going on the past week. Liverpool, of course, still first on 34 points. Uh, and there's an eight-point difference between them and second place Leicester. And then you've got Leicester, Chelsea, and Man City all in a point. And then there's another eight-point drop to Sheffield United sitting fifth on the table. 
I mean, this is just they, they've been playing incredible this year, and you know, they're sitting in fifth place currently on 17 points. Uh, they've got Manchester United next, who is sitting seventh on 16 points. Um, I mean, right now there are four points separating fifth through 16th in the table right now. Four points. So any of these clubs that have had a rough start to their to, to their season, such as Manchester United, have some hope left. <laughs> no, well, your team I... <laughs> is sitting a little outside of relegation. There. <laughs> well, hey, you're, you're, let's see, Manchester United is only <laughs> nine points clear of relegation. So, you know, it's uh, anything could happen. Anything could happen. So, uh, but yeah, uh, four points separate fifth through four, fifth through sixteenth position in the table. Um, Sheffield United, Manchester, that's. That doesn't happen until the 23rd because of the international break. I don't know if you want to go into a little preview of that, but I mean, how's what are your what's your take on how United has done? I mean, they're two two and one in their last five matches with losses to Newcastle and Bournemouth, of all clubs. <laughs> Drew with Liverpool, which is good for them. Defeated lowly Norwich three one and Brighton three one. Um, how? What's your take on their recent play? I mean, run of play is nice. I mean, you know, you got Rashford obviously finding his groove, right? So he's definitely really been leading the catalyst a little bit. I don't know exactly how many goals he has. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't get to see one of them. But, uh, I mean, they're playing obviously a lot better, and I'm sure there's a little heat under uh, Ole's mm-hmm. you know, seat for sure, you know, as we're seeing – Gaffers get the uh, get the get the door. So I definitely uh, think they're playing a little bit better now. We do need these just wins. Just think, if you guys don't continue this run, you might get uh, old Sam Allardyce over there to help. <laughs> <laughs> to help. What would you think about Sam Allardyce at Manchester United? Ooh, I don't know. I don't actually know. That would not be good. No, it wouldn't be. <laughs> no, I. Yeah. Yes. Hey, we'll take Neil Warnock. Hey, go right ahead. I mean, Allardyce will come in. You know, he he's known recently for stabilizing clubs, yeah. keeping them from being relegated. Ugh. He's not someone that I would want for a you know, long-term deal. He's not. Yeah. But yeah, so I mean, you know, Manchester's been playing better. Arsenal. Tell me about the Evertonians. Arsenal just had a tough loss. Uh, Everton. <laughs> so. Since the last time we talked, we've actually uh, Bernard Gomes has actually gone down a fractured dislocation of his ankle thanks to Son from Hot from Tottenham. Dude should have been ejected. He should have been given a red card, like without a doubt. Like, it was a bad, it was a bad foul. Um, should have been a red card. He wasn't. Um, I have no idea what happened there. Um, just absolutely just travesty of a decision by the referee. Um, Tottenham went up in that match. Everton did come back to level. So, um, two, two, and one as well in our last five. Uh, losses to Burnley and Brighton. We talked about the Brighton match. That was just an absolute travesty of the match. Uh, and the, the league has come out and said that the, that the VAR decision to award the penalty in the Brighton match should not have happened. Oof. 
should it was it was not a penalty and should have been called. How do you like that? How do you like getting calls like that after the results are in? It just it, it, it hurts all it hurts all that much more. Like it doesn't help anything to hear two weeks later. No, that shouldn't have been a penalty. Do you think they should just kind of keep that stuff to themselves at that point? But at that point, yeah, you know, it it, just, it makes the 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 officials and the VAR look incompetent. And because what's ha- what was happening is that the the match referees were not using, you know, you've seen in MLS the referee the, the match referee goes over to the sideline right. and looks at the screen, looks at looks at the television screen so he can see the replays. It communicates to the VAR so he can see different things and they, and they look at it. Now, but the VAR does not make that decision. It's up to the match referee to make the final decision. You know, they, the VAR can just say, hey, you need to take a look at this. You know, so you make a to make a, a better decision, and it just it was just terrible. I, and now the they come out and said that not only did that happen with Everton, this happened in other matches where stuff is not being called correctly. But they are now saying that the match officials will use the sideline television screens or computers or whatever to review the plays. And at the beginning of the season, they said no, they won't. So yeah, and then these these replays are taking four, five, six, sometimes even longer minutes in order to make these decisions. If you look at MLS, it's a minute, two minutes. Right. You know, get in, look at it, make a decision, move on. It's taking too long. They've got to speed it up, and the match referee has got to be the one that makes the final decision. So maybe there, maybe this changes the right one. We'll have to wait and see. See how it, yeah. See Ultimately, how it VAR is still human making decisions. Right. So I just think it's, yeah. And it, yes, Psalm's foul should have been reviewed. He should have been red carded. He should have been sent off. Um, yeah, it was terrible, terrible foul. Um, so hit or miss with VAR, though, you know? Yeah, it, it just it really was. And then in our last match, Everton to be at Southampton 2 1. Uh, Everton played really well in that match. They really did. Um, we had goals from, uh, let me pull that up. I believe it uh, was Richarlison off of volley. Oh, tremendous. I don't know if you saw this. Uh, Alex said, Will be sent it in from the right. Uh, no, Sadibi sent it in from the right side after a pass from, from Wilby to open it up. And on the volley, Richarlison left footed, put it in. Uh, just a great shot. Nice. Um, Tom Davies actually opened it up with a, uh, with a header in the fourth minute. Uh, just put it somewhere where the keeper couldn't get to it. Um, Everton played really well. Um, you know, I think wins over the wins over Southampton, and um, yeah, I think who did I say it was? Uh, not Bournemouth. Bournemouth or say Bournemouth or Bremen? Uh, West Ham. I, I think they've kind of. Um, and then, of course, the draw with Tottenham. I think it, it helps slow down the talk of Silva being possibly ousted, um, along with the fact that our cup run is still going. Um, so everything's, everything's playing well, dealing with, yeah, I don't know how long Bernard's going to be out. It's a terrible injury. Um, some of this happened to Everton, like, each of like, three or four years. Someone just had a wicked leg injury. Um, like we had James, I think it was James McCarthy last year. Playing for uh, uh, playing for Ireland or against Ireland, um, he got taken out, broken leg. Uh, a year before that, Seamus Coleman had a similar thing happen. 
so yeah, it's just been terrible injuries for everything the past few years. But. Well, you needed this win too because I know that there there were those talks about relegation. I mean, you know, oh, I know that was swooning right before that that match for sure. Well, I, yeah, Everton had them had them low had them low on the table, um, but yeah, it's a long way from actual like fear of relegation. Uh, talk. I mean, we're only 12 matches into the into the season. It's a long way to go. Speaking um, of that, I don't know. Have you checked your fantasy team in a while? I surely have not checked my fantasy. <laughs> <team>. I have. <laughs> um, I think I logged out. Yeah, I, I've got. Uh, I've been. I've had apparently uh, one of my keepers got injured, and like it popped up after the lineups have been locked. <sighs> and so, yeah, I hate when that happens. Yeah, it's horrible. Nothing you can do about that. So. Yeah, I keep, I'm keeping an eye on it. Um, haven't really made any transfers or anything, um, but just waiting to see, waiting to see what happens. So, uh, Everton's next next match is against Norwich that's on the 23rd after the international break. So I, I, I like Everton's chances in that one. Man, a month away from our match. Yeah, and, and it's still out there. So, and by that point, we could be fighting for Europe. So, yeah. yeah. All right, so that's our uh, EPL wrap up. Um, let's see what else has happened. Lady Lobos season is done. Yep. Um, Lady Lobos season is done. They, uh, gosh, they got to the semifinal against San Jose State. They, uh, that match just did not go. Wait, was it? No, it wasn't San Jose. It was Boise State. There you go. They beat they beat San Jose State. That was an awesome match wasn't to talk it about. The same? Six zero. They turn around with Boise, or with well, five zero. Well, so with, with Boise, it was six, six zero, zero that they lost. Uh, that match just, I mean, Boise State they scored three goals in the mm-hmm. same, like same few minutes. It was just, just yeah, lethal. But the match before that, though, with San Jose State, that one was incredible. I mean, they went to added or added extra time, golden goal. Uh, with the first period of time, and you got uh, Leilani Baker, who throughout this game and most of the season, she's used her speed and really pressured goalkeepers, and she actually was able to uh, get a foot on the ball as the goalkeeper was trying to just trying to shield, and essentially got a foot on the ball and was able to just put it in the net, and that's how the ball was won. One zero. Oh, so, extra time. Right, and extra time. So that that was incredible. And again, like playing Boise State, I mean. This tournament was on home, home, their home pitch, you know what I mean? And so, uh, you know, Boise State did go on eventually to beat uh, San Diego State. I don't have a score for that match, but they did earn a berth into the NCAA tournament, which they are currently bracketed. Um, so that's, that's currently what's happening there. Um, Lobos finished off 11-8-1 overall. Um, in conference seven five and one, and of course non conference four three and zero. Oh. And just looking at a couple of uh, category leaders in the stats, uh, I will say that so they did graduate two seniors, uh, Jill O'Quinn and Jesse Hicks. Uh, senior Emily Johnson, the goalkeeper, is actually redshirted because she had an injury earlier in the year, so she'll be back next year. Um, so that obviously will give them a little bit more depth in the net. Uh, Leilani Baker uh, finished off with seven goals, uh, two assists, 16 points. Jaden Edwards finished off with six goals, six assists, 18 points. Uh, Gwen Lally uh, finished off with six goals, 
um, no assists and 12 points. I mean, they were your your three leading goal scorers. Um, and, I mean, it was just an epic season for them because of the fact that 20 players on their team are underclassmen. Um, so they'll bring back ultimately 10 uh, will be 10 seniors this next year. So they'll have some depth, but I mean, Heather Dyke did start majorly sophomores mm-hmm. and, and freshmen on, on her lap. She said her whole back line was sophomores. So, I mean, that's pretty amazing. Well, congratulations to the ladies on a fantastic season. Uh, it's a bummer that you know, the tournament ended up the way they did. Uh, you mentioned Boise State and San Diego State. Boise State did uh, come out on top 2-0 to take home the uh, Mountain West Women's Soccer Championship this year. Um, but, yeah, the ladies had a fantastic season. Hopefully, uh, we'll see them some more. Um, also, Albuquerque FC next season. Right. Um, Probably so, see some more more prospects. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, keep an eye out on the Lady Lobos uh, for our social media and next year to find out when they get back into action. Get out and support them. Um, support Albuquerque FC. Uh, and just help grow the sport. That's all we can do. Um, I don't know if you saw, but... Uh... Well, you know the Red the Runners are starting their season up soon, right? I saw something about that. Did you see that there's now a women's indoor soccer team too? I didn't know that. Professional soccer team. I saw that. The New Mexico Lightning. Oh, so all right. If they start up uh, in 2020, so. Very nice. I know the runners start in December. Right. Uh, I know their schedules out there on social media. Uh, I don't have that pulled up here, but uh, yeah, so there's. A lot, of, a lot of soccer going on in the state, a lot of professional soccer happening. Uh, so it's definitely growing. Um, yeah, so. quick. Yeah. All right, well, let's take another quick break. And we'll, after these words from Roadrunner Law Firm, we'll dive into the men's national team. Where's the call, ref? Yeah, that should have been a yellow. They just never seem to get it right. <sighs> and the game continues. If you have been hurt or injured by someone, you deserve the right call. Roadrunner Law Firm specializes in personal injury cases and wants you to get the right call. Raise up a yellow card if you've lost a loved one due to wrongful death, been in a car or motorcycle accident, been hurt by a drunk driver, or been hurt due to negligence of others. If the right call was not made, we'd like to hear from you. For more information, visit our website at www.roadrunnerlaw.com or make the call to Roadrunner Law Firm at 505-444-4321. Show. Um, you already talked about Lady Lobos, that's what we normally talk about here 
you want to talk about some uh, area high school as well. But tonight, let's talk about the men's national team. Um, again, we talked about an international break that's coming up. Uh, the men's national team has two matches uh, coming up in the, in the next uh, week, week and a half, um, in the CONCACAF Nations League uh, qualifying. Now, the big news out of all of this is that, first and foremost, Christian Pulisic is not going to be part of the roster. Uh, he's uh, suffered a hip injury against Crystal Palace over the weekend. Uh, and so he will he did withdraw from the following two from the next two matches. Uh, Michael Bradley is also not going to be part of, part of the squad, and neither will Zach Steffen. Uh, Steffen will stay in Germany uh, with his club there as he's recovering from some uh, tendonitis issues. Uh, Michael Bradley uh, injured a right injured his right ankle during the MLS Cup final. Um, so because of the because of the injuries, uh, Jordan Morris was added. Christian Roldan was added. Um, also leaving the camp were Corey Baird and Chase Gasper. Um, so that leaves the roster kind of interesting. I mean, uh, we still have. Um, so it looks like you know maybe Brad Zan is going to be the number one for the national team for these two matches. I mean, it could be Sean Johnson, but my guess is going to be Brad Zan. Um, you know, you've got still got guys like Sergio Dest, Nick Lima. Uh, DeAndre Yedlin, Zimmerman, those guys are all at Weston McKinney. Uh, those guys are all going to be there. Of course, you've got the one and only Giassi Zardes up front. Um, now, the thing about these two matches is the men's national team has to win both of these matches and make up a three-goal differential in order to make it um, – out of out of the group stage. What do you think that they're going to need to do to be able to uh, secure that that differential? Well, first thing is they've got to beat Canada. That, that's the first match on the schedule. Um, I mean, I, you, I, I'm trying to remember what the score was the last time that they that they that they played. Um, they pull that up, but that's that's the first thing they have to do. They have to beat Canada. Um, and then they go and they play Cuba, I believe, in the, in the one after that. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see where the goals come from because without Pulisic in there, you've got, again, you've got Jesse's artist, you've got Josh, Josh Sargent. Um, I mean, where are the goals going to come from? You know, who's going uh, who's gonna to step up? What do you like uh... – who do you like to be the man of the hour? Who do you think is going to, you know, really come forth and contribute to the scoreline? I mean, I, I think the best bets are going to be getting some creativity out of the out of Desk and uh, Alfredo Morales. Um, and those guys, you know, they're used to international play. I mean, they play for some of the highest level clubs in the in Europe. I mean, you know, Morales plays in the Bundesliga, and of course, Desk plays for uh, Ajax over in the Netherlands. They they're very creative, um, you know. Morales, especially, he likes to play up in the middle, play through the middle. Um, I think he can. He's going to open up things, um, and then you know, getting the ball on the wing to to guys like Dest, you know, you're just going to give yourself more opportunities um, in the box. Now, I mean. We've all seen you know, Jossie's artists score like, improbable old, like just happens to be in the right place at the right time, and the ball takes like lucky bounces off of them. 
Um, but I just I don't know. Those are probably the best bets. Um, I mean, I think defensively um, we're going to be okay. Uh, let's see. We lost to Canada 2-0 last time. So, yeah, we've got to overcome a three-goal de- three deficit to, to jump them as well as beating Cuba. So, yeah. But I think the, the, the last match against Canada was a bit of an aberration. I don't think anyone expected that. Um, yeah, no, I, I don't know. Yeah. Do you think that they they'll keep uh, Brad Hughes on and in, uh, in in the net the whole time? I mean, you only get three subs, so unless there's a an injury, yeah. I mean, I mean but you you think he's the primary keeper? Or? I think he is. Okay. I I think at this point he was he's the number one with Stefan being out. Um, I mean, Sean Johnson's fine. You know. It, and then uh, they do have a third keeper on the on the squad. I'm not as familiar with him. Uh, that is Matt Turner. Um, but yeah, I, I think Guzan's your number one. And that, that's not just me being a anyway, no, no, I don't, I don't think. <laughs> um, I mean, Guzan was our number one for for a long time. Uh, so I I think he gives us the best chance. Um, so yeah. It's gonna. I think it's gonna come down to our midfield and the forwards, and can they be creative enough uh, without Pulisic in there? Um, I'm kind of glad Michael Bradley's not there. And, <laughs> uh, I, I think I think Bradley's kind of getting past it. Yeah. I think he's a little bit past his prime now. Um, I think Jordan Morris can can score some goals if given the opportunity. Um, yeah, it's. I don't know. It's going to take a heck of an effort from from the from the, from the men to. I'm not as worried about the Cuba match. Right. I, I was mean, going to say, I don't, um, from what I've seen, because I've seen Cuba play even live. Yeah. And yeah, they don't have. I mean, not you know nothing against, but um, I don't think that's their their forte. They're not. Yeah, I mean, we beat Cuba. They're not strong. We beat Cuba 7-0 last time. Yeah, so. they're not strong. Yeah, I, I'm not terribly worried about that one. Um, I mean, all eyes are going to be on the on the Canada match, and that is on Friday the 15th at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. It'll be on ESPN2, Unimas, and TUDEN, T-U-D-N, whatever network that is. Um, that's going to be in Orlando. I'm sorry. Um uh, and then the Cuba match will be on Tuesday the 19th uh, from the Cayman Islands, which will be interesting. <laughs> so I, I don't, I'd have to look to see if the U.S. has ever played in the Cayman Islands before. But, uh, yeah, that, that's definitely that one is on uh, FS1, Unimas, and TUDN as well. Um, yeah, I, I just, yeah. let's see, Sean Johnson is from New York City. I see you that. Matt Turner, the third keeper, is from New England Revolution. Um, this is his first cap for the national club, national team. I don't know. He's never made an appearance before, at least. So that'll be interesting to see. I, I doubt he'll get any time in net in these two matches. But, um, yeah, it's uh, going to be interesting to see what happens. Um, yeah, the U.S. has in order to knock out to advance to the knockout stage, if they win both remaining matches and have a better goal differential. Canada leads the group right now with nine points and a plus nine goal differential. 
so the U.S. has uh, has some has some work to do. And when did you say that those matches were? Uh, the U.S. and Canada is on the 15th, uh, and then the U.S. Cuba is on the 19th. So put those on the calendar to watch. Follow. Yeah, uh, and of course there is more uh, international soccer going on. I mean, for, the, for most of us, you know, we have a closely followed the probably England. England will take on Montenegro uh, on the what day is this? On the 19th, I believe. Let me double check. Uh, but that is on the 14th, sorry. Uh, Thursday the 14th, uh, England does take on Montenegro in the UEFA European Championship qualifying. Uh, I don't think England will have an issue with that one, but England has been underperforming of late. Uh, they've got some things that they need to figure out if they want to to qual- be able to qualify for Europe. So I, I, that's all that I have found. Do you guys have anything else? Man. Do you have anything? I don't have anything else. Really? No. Nope. <laughs> I guess I'm still curious what's going to happen in the next two weeks. Yeah. I, I think I, that's I where the focus is. No, we're, we're all there. We're all anxious to see what happens with the remaining uh, unsigned United players. And um, who they sign, actually, after they finish that. Yeah, no, I mean, we're definitely going to see a couple of new faces next week. One thing I, I keep hearing and I keep seeing on, on social media is, um, and I've got this question asked by guys who, who play around town, and they were asking, do you know if they do local tryouts? Mm-hmm. That's question. I know they did trials last year. First time. Um, I don't know. I haven't seen anything about whether or not they're going to do it again this year. Uh, I saw a similar question on, on Reddit asking mm-hmm. if they were going to do that. So, um, yeah, if that's a question that you have, uh, pay it, you know, keep a close eye on the club's uh, webpage, uh, go to their social media accounts uh, in case they do announce that. Of course, if they do, we'll, we'll talk about it here as well and try to get all those details out uh, for everyone. But I imagine that wouldn't be until after the first of the year. Um, and I guess another thing I have is also a shout-out to Coach Heather Dyke, who sent a big thank you on Twitter, on her Twitter account, to Seek and Strike for covering and the support to the local women. So shout-out to her, too. Shout-out to Heather Dyke. Absolutely. Thanks yeah. for listening. She said she listens, and... She follows the construct. So, awesome. we, we appreciate it. Very nice, very kind words from Coach Heather. I would say, I think what we should do is we should take, I mean, this, obviously we could only probably do this for the West, but we should really take all those players that didn't sign that we know that are kind of out there for the teams and just put them in a pool. Because I'd imagine that once we sign our four, or the four that were remaining, we know that we're still going to be slotting 22-23. I'd be interested to see of who's remaining. You know, it'd be interesting to just to kind of speculate who we could get. Mm-hmm. You know, because it's it's got to be guys that are already currently in championship. I don't know if we're going to get any MLS guys. It could be nice, but I don't know if we'll get any of those. I mean, unless Troyes goes back to his original wish list that he was looking for. Um, you know, and I, I don't think who we are pulling from the USL one per se, though he did. Though Never he know. Did. Never and know. another thing to that's where Tony came from. True. To think about will be um, where are those players that didn't resign? Where are they going? Yeah. It'll be interesting to see where they're going to end up, 
So that's that would be fun to follow. Yeah, we definitely keep track on those guys as well, and uh, you know, get, continue to give them support. I mean, they are the first Mexico United squad. So, you know, they I've seen guys in Mexico United, always Mexico United. So, you know. Uh, definitely a lot of things going on in the offseason that we're going to keep track of. So. What about you, Seth? What do you got for us? Um, I don't know. Honestly, just uh, going to keep watching soccer, you know, uh, Premier League, going to watch some European football as best I can. Um, yeah, I'm just staying busy. You know, holidays are coming up. So, I mean, between watching sports and Getting all that, it's gonna be just a busy time for everybody. So. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, man, that's, that's it. So. I like it. All right. Our show, of course, would not be possible without our sponsors. We'd like to give a huge seek and, strike, seek and strike thank you to Drow Motors, Roadrunner Law Firm, and Salt and Salt Yard for their continued support. We are, of course, always interested in teaming up with anyone that supports what we're doing here at Seek and Strike Collective. If you'd like to talk sponsorship, you can email us at seekandstrikecollective at gmail.com. Listen to all of our previous episodes of We Are Seeking Strike podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and CastBox. If you hear something you like, please consider subscribing so you never miss an episode. If you are an Apple user, please leave us an episode review. We'd love to hear what you thought about the episode. Uh, for all of our Seeking Strike collective social media tags, check out our website at www.seekandstrikecollective.com slash social media. That's going to do it for us here tonight. Uh, we're going to possibly be back next Monday. We don't know yet. We'll figure that out. Um, there's not a whole lot. Again, we talked about not a lot of USL going on, not a lot of New Mexico. But if there is news, we will bring that to you guys uh, just as quick as we can. Uh, for Adri, Chris, Alicia, Josh, uh, and myself, we are Seek and Strike Collective, and you've been listening to the We Are Seek and Strike podcast.